This is Wildcat Country. It's only right. The ball's in his hands. A milestone victory for Arizona. Simon Says Championship. All the inside scoop on U of A athletics. Welcome to another edition of Wildcat Country. Eric Cohen and Shane Dale. And honestly, Shane, this is probably the most excited I have been to go into a podcast uh, after uh, a game that we've done. I mean, we've been doing this show for two years, and I just... Over the moon right now. Eric, this is our, I believe, I'm trying to go off memory here. This is our 118th episode. This is our second Arizona football victory to discuss. And really, I would say the first real victory. I mean, the one at Cal was great last year just to get the monkey off the back, you know, with the losing streak. This was an actual win that they went out and earned. and didn't just win, but they, they won soundly. And I'm glad to be wrong. Uh, about my, you know, my pick, I, I, I told, and I hope no one listened to my gambling advice because I told them to take San Diego State and take the under, and I was zero for two on those. So, uh, but thrilled that they they finally got W. I know you, I want to hear about it because I know you're out in San Diego and you actually got to experience that stadium in person along with uh, the, the hundred degree heat. I did. Uh, as you can hear my voice, so not not a hundred percent thus far. Um, this is the first time in maybe ten years or so that I actually was kind of yelling out loud during the game. Uh, I was 14 rows up in the end zone. Um, I think that was the south end zone at Snapdragon Stadium. Did you go back to I, see if you're, you you were on TV at any point? I did not. I, okay. I don't care. I bet yeah. you were. I, I, I doubt it. Yeah. Um, let me just say the the stadium is very nice. It's smallish, but it's got like every little area is like a cabana or a club or some kind of. I mean, it's pretty cool. Um, What's the seating reminds, capacity there? It's like 35 or so. Now, okay. uh, one thing that if you watch the game on TV, as most of you did, um, it looked like a lot of empty seats. The place was full, but everybody was trying to go under shade because there was yeah. no shade. The only shade in the seating area essentially was uh, below the scoreboard in the south end zone. That was a couple sections <laughs> over for me. No, no retractable roof on this on this college stadium. Well, it's San Diego. I mean, yeah. what are the odds that usually it's right. going to be that? It, it was it Arizona was, Wildcat weather in, uh, in it, San so, Diego. So here's the thing about this stadium. Very nice. Uh, it's better than the dump that Qualcomm used to be. But they decided uh, there were a couple of flaws outside of the lack of shade where people just stood there hours before the game. So you couldn't get shade. You know, listen, it was humid. It was hot. I'm from Arizona. I could handle it fine. The The other problem they had is when you go get a, get a drink, you want a soda. They have the uh, refill your own soda machines. Problem is the ice was out on some of them and the actual flavoring was out on others. So they so didn't I actually like, expect people to use the, the, the machines. They just right, they're there well, for show. Refillable soda in yeah. 100 degree heat. Right. I mean, what could go wrong? Yeah. yeah. So there was a video. I don't know if you saw one guy did this thing on the uh, TikTok. It was all over Twitter now that he did the flaws of Snapdragon Stadium. I, I think he summed it up pretty well. I mean, people w- with the heat, uh, the emergency personnel were everywhere. I- I- all I did during the intermission was like literally walking around trying to find ice. Like, just give me ice. Yeah. So I drank two warm sodas during the game, which is gross, but it's all you could do. Um, it The stadium was nice. Uh, the fan support for Arizona was good. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was. There were U of A chance you could hear over over TV, which I can't remember. And I tweeted about this. I can't remember the last time I heard U of A chance in a road football game. You hear it for basketball all the time, but not for it, football. It, Shane, it was one of the great days 
that I've had personally in a long time. I'm a single guy, so you let me preface that. But but it no, was but, one of the great day, just in general, yeah. it was a great day. And you know what? You deserve it. And I, I mean that. You're, you're it, for those who don't know, you know, everyone likes to give Eric a hard time, and that's because he's such a good guy. And you deserve it. You didn't get to go to the Cal game last year because you got the COVID. And so you didn't get a chance to be part of that victory. I'm so glad you were able that Arizona, first of all, they came through with your tickets and you're able to go out there and enjoy the win and then go to Del Mar and enjoy the horse races afterwards too. So I'm uh, very happy for you. Glad you got to see a victory and uh, hopefully it will become a trend. Hopefully you bring the good mojo back to Tucson with you. Yeah. So Steve Kerr was at the, uh, was at the game and then he went over to Del Mar like I did and oh. he brought the NBA finals trophy, which I saw from a distance. Mm. Um, I guess the Stanley cup was there as well. Eric Johnson from Colorado, the avalanche brought it over. And we also saw one of the great horse performances for those of you that follow horse racing from flight line over at Del Mar. So for me, it was just an amazing sports day, but to see Arizona absolutely dominate the game like that, Shane on the road in an, ex- in an environment where Let's be honest. Like I didn't pick him to win. You didn't pick him to win. Blair Willis did last week. Many props to him. None of us thought it was, Arizona was going to win the game by double digits. It was a pure ass kicking. That's what it was. And, and I know that you tweeted out after the game, great win for Arizona. San Diego State stinks. They might. I don't know. I just thought they looked uninspired, Eric. I just it, they, they looked like I, that, and, that was and, the and, problem and, around the program. And Shane. maybe because I didn't think that there was going to be an issue with all the off field stuff. I didn't think it was going to be a distraction, but maybe it was. It, they just didn't. You know, in, in the fourth quarter, Eric, they're down eighteen points. You need three scores, and they're running the ball with like six minutes left. I'm like, for I mean, I didn't mind it. Don't get me wrong, but I'm like, what the hell are you doing? Like, if I were if I were a San Diego State fan, I'd be screaming at my TV. I, they given up. I said the same thing. I left with six minutes left because I was like, I want to get to Del Mar. I'm ready to watch yeah, yeah. the ponies. I mean, the game was over when they were running the ball. And you're like, what are they doing? I think they knew that Burmeister was terrible. Former yeah. Arizona commit. Uh, well, he was Braxton. out of the game by then. He was. And we're going to talk to, by the way, I didn't promote our guest. I was so excited to get to this. Uh, our buddy Barrett Baker, former special teams captain for uh, U of A back in the 90s. He's going to join us later. Break everything down. He's great. At, at analyzing things so we'll get his opinion on everything i know he is not a braxton burmeister guy just in in speaking i don't think with any him, wildcat so fans are braxton Bur- burmeister guys remember anymore. he was a commit to arizona back in what 20 he did the he did the reverse 17? team the v- reverse yeah. team act he went to oregon at the last minute after committing right to and then he went to virginia tech after that yeah and sandy he's on his third school he was dreadful uh i mean this team with basically two-thirds new players was unbelievable shane it was this was not Arizona football that I that any of us have been used to. And I can't freaking wait to go see more games in person this Saturday. I don't care how late the game is. I know I'm I whine about it and everything. I am so excited to watch this team. They are fun to watch. I just it was great. It was well, great. and I another thing I got wrong, uh, sp- speaking of things I got wrong this past week is um uh, well, potentially this one as well. Uh, you said that there might be a sellout if they beat for the Mississippi State game if they yeah. beat San Diego State, and I said not a chance. Well, I think there's a they've, shot. Sold, they've sold over forty thousand tickets. But I think before the San Diego State game, so you'd think maybe maybe they get that. What's ca- the capacity now? Like fifty one. I think yeah, they, they knocked they knocked off about five they, grand they in the it, last few years. They may get close. I mean, my hope is that when they show the stadium, like they show like the the wide shot of the stadium, it looks full. Uh, I'm going to say mid forties. I don't know about sellout, that's, but mid- that's fine. You know, it's hot. Uh, it's still a night game. It's still September. It's a big game. But this this performance by Arizona was uh, by far the best performance I'd seen from an Arizona team. I mean, the last road game they won, Shane, I think was October of 2019. Uh, uh, we had seen them beat UCLA, and then they went Colorado. on the Colorado. Colorado, yeah. yeah. And then they had lost everything else since then. This was a team that, like, they forgot about their 
their identity. These guys, these new guys that were brought in, they just didn't care. They they weren't accustomed to losing. Yeah. Um, and and well, let's break it down right now. I, I just wanted to get at the whole Snapdragon experience, which nice stadium. Is it, I think going, it should be. I think it should be called Jetfish Field at at, at Snapdragon I, Stadium. They might have to. Uh, they, I'm not going back anytime soon. Uh, first of all, San Diego State does not play Arizona at home in at least the next what decade or so, but never again in September during unless the day. they join the Pac-12. I, or, oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't think Arizona will be a part of anyways, but that's beside the point. Uh, great CBS exposure, Shane. You can't. That yeah. was in itself to get. Brad Nessler and Gary Danielson, the normal SEC crew, yep. calling Arizona they, football in a big win. Yeah. You can't took it, pay for that kind of They exposure. took advantage of it. Absolutely. Yeah, it, that, that was huge. It, great to see them have a, a matinee game where even people on the East Coast uh, could watch, even though there, there were some other games going on at the time. But they got a lot of national attention, too. You know, ESPN, whoever, I forget who did their, did like the, the weekly recap of all the games that took place on Saturday. He mentioned Arizona, said they were a laughing stock for a long time. And now uh, look at them uh, come out of the gate swinging. I like beyond other things, Eric. I, I I liked how Arizona responded to some adversity uh, in this game when when um, yeah you know, after a couple of turnovers after the uh, the the miserable punt that they blocked on their own you know and I tweeted out too that um, I I'll take a not top ten play I'll, I'll trade that for a win every every day every sure. week uh, the rest of the year but that those were the kind of plays where I think last year's team would say here we go again. And I think it's an advantage this year to have a bunch of guys who weren't on last year's team, even though I thought it was going to take them longer to gel. And in some ways, I think they're still working on that. There's a lot of room for improvement, as Jeff Fish has already said. But I think having a lot of guys who didn't experience those those losses and that failure and this what could pos- what else could possibly go wrong attitude definitely paid off in situations where they would have crumbled under pressure you know, inside the, the red zone or after a, a, a dumb play or after a turnover. It yeah. didn't, didn't happen this nope. time. No, let's get to uh, Buy or Sell, which is presented by our friends at Ice Shaker. Check them out, icesshaker.com. Use promo code Wildcat Country, capital W, capital C, and to get $5 off. And trust me, with the way that Arizona played on Saturday uh, and, hey, the momentum that we all have, I get one of these things. These are these are great. And if you, I wish, Shane, that at Snapdragon Stadium that I had this thing because I needed it. It you was are, bad. Well, and you're excited. Your voice is cracking like crazy, dude. You're, oh, you're still excited after Saturday. I am. I, I during the game, Shane, I was up and I'm like, like my arm is going in motion. I know people watching the video. It's one thing, but if you're listening to the podcast, like I'm, I'm like cheering them on, like yeah. yelling. And that's just not me. Yeah. You know, you hear me on the podcast, but at games, actually, I'm rather quiet. Like, I don't, I don't like to say is a lot. That, is that a result of being at someone else's stadium? Cause you know how visiting no, fans, they no, no, I was in the Arizona section. Nobody. Cared. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the, the thing is, I just, when I was younger, I would, I would yell and then I wouldn't have a voice for like days. So I, I, I just tried to stop doing that. You know, you get older, you're like, I, I just, you couldn't help. There were so many good plays. Yeah. Uh, num- number one in buy or sell, Shane. Uh, yep. Buy or sell, Arizona might actually be pretty good. Like bowl game level good. I'll buy it. Yeah. I'll, I, I mean, they might be. Yeah, I, might be. yeah. I, I need, we need to see more. I want to see more of, I want to obviously want to see the Mississippi State game, which we'll get into. I want to see more San Diego State because, I'm, I would love to see San Diego State just come out and I'm not sure who they're playing next, but just trounce whoever they're playing next. That would make me feel better about the win. They're not but, trouncing anybody this year, Shane. Let me tell I, you. Unfortunately, no, probably not. But uh, no, they, they, they just might be. And what I like about it, even though I'm still skeptical that they're a bowl team just because their schedule remaining is still very difficult. And I still think they're, they're, there's a bit of a learning process there, even though they looked, they looked the part uh, in week one. Uh, I, I think it's, it's, it's just... 
I think it's going to take a while, but I do like I, the fact that Jed Fish is never satisfied. He's a tactician. He's yep. up at, at uh, mm-hmm. you know, like 4 or 5 a.m. in his office, yep. the light's on. I, I'm going to guess he had Jaden Delora in his office at 5 a.m. Sunday saying, hey, we're going to run these plays again uh, this coming week, just like he did with our guy Wilton Spate back in the day. He told us that story when uh, he was uh, Wilton Spate's quarterback coach at Michigan. So I, I think that Jed is never satisfied, and I think he's like, look, we played a great game, but now there's film. Now there's film, and, they, and Mississippi State's going to be ready. It's going to be a tough tr- uh, trip for them. Uh, but I think he's going to – you're going to see plays next week that I think you haven't seen before. And I think the differences between last year and this year is Jet Fish actually has the guys who can execute those plays. I think Jet Fish was a little too smart for his own good last year. I, I think that they could be – they can be very good. Obviously, Jacob Cowan looked the part. Jaden Delora looked the part. Yep. Uh, defense was better overall than I thought they would be. We'll wait and see. But could they be? Yeah, I'll buy that they could be a bowl team. I tweeted out, uh, I was tweeting a lot during the game for some inexplicable reason in the heat. It was just, I, I don't know, maybe it got to my head. I tweeted at one point, Jed Fish is putting on a masterclass uh, of, on, of play calling. I think it was like early second quarter, and he, he did. It was by far the best play calling that Jed has made at Arizona. I mean, it was light years better than anything we saw last year. Now he had a lot, he has a lot better players, but it was it was a brilliant game plan. And, and one thing, and we'll talk about this with Barrett, but the decision on the first drive of the game, Arizona gets a three and a half from San Diego State, and they go for it on fourth and one inside yeah. their own territory. Jed's at like their own 30-something. He's a stubborn guy. I think that's He's why a he stubborn, did. but you're facing a, a very good defense on paper. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm like, what how different hell could that is he doing? How different could I, – I think there are certain plays in the game, like we all looked at the touchdowns, obviously, and the turnovers, but there are certain plays in the game where – Okay, it's like an alt, like a parallel universe. Like this yeah. game could have gone completely different if this play had gone differently, and that was one. Of, that was the first. That was the first, and there were several of them. Um, but yeah, it was. It's one of those plays where if it works, it's ballsy, it's gutsy. If it doesn't, you're an idiot and, and you're reckless. And and thank goodness it did work. And and they, you know, this is why they invested in DJ Williams, even though we looked and saw they got plenty of running backs. Why do they need another one? That, that's why. That's you have a that's guy why, like yeah, that was... that situation. Yeah, he he definitely looked the part. Uh, listen, I mean, if Arizona wins one of the next two weeks at home against Mississippi State or North Dakota State, my prediction is that we will be using the words bowl and game in the same sentence sure. at some point in November. Absolutely. That they will not be eliminated from bowl contention by mid-November. I think going yeah. into Washington State, they will be at least still eligible to get to six wins. That is my prediction. Do you remember before the season started and we said, look, if they're better than we expect, we could easily see a path to four and one based on how their schedule. Yes, we did up. say that. Yeah, I could, I could still see that. I could absolutely I could see, see that. Happening. No shame. I well, can see five. Well, I mean, we'll, I could. Well, let's see what happens Saturday. But yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah, we're, we're going to make our picks at the end of the show. But I I mean, if you win this week and then you, you are going to be favored against North Dakota State and then you get Cal on the road, they're not very good. And then you get Colorado who stinks. Five and zero oh, with Oregon coming to town, Shane, and they just lost forty nine to three. Yeah, I mean Arizona at that point is ranked, and college game day probably not coming to Tucson. But I'll tell you what, they probably depending on what's on the slate that week, Arizona's five and zero oh hosting Oregon. One uh, week at a time, Mr. Cohen. Uh, I've just yeah, I know. One okay. week at a time. I'm sorry, got a little carried away. Number two, Shane, uh, buy or sell. Jaden Delora showed that he very well might be the most poised and accomplished Arizona quarterback since Matt Scott in 2012 by yourself. 
poised is a good word. You know, he, he made a couple of mistakes, some bad throws and bad decisions, but overall he did very well. Uh, yeah. I, I think his offensive line also did him some favors and, and gave him some a good amount of time to throw, but yeah, poised, confident. He doesn't lack for confidence, but not, but not to the point of arrogance. Definitely not uh, reckless. Doesn't uh, make knee jerk decisions on like a, a, you know, a guy who's immensely talented, but Khalil Tate back in the day. So yeah, maybe Matt, Matt Scott, maybe the guy, the guy that, who's comparable, maybe Anu Solomon in his freshman year. Um, before that, certainly Nick Foles, but um, yeah, I'll go ahead and buy Matt Scott. I think that's fair. Yeah. I mean, you want to go on who um, is still a freshman, so you couldn't, you couldn't use him. Khalil Tate, it just, Khalil Tate and the word poised. Yeah. Um, I think just, BJ Denker was a poised guy too. He, yeah, he just, he wasn't, he wasn't the best, the best passer. So. Jaden Delora made a play that nobody will talk about again in the first half where I said, Whoa, he was rolling to his left and he threw across his body for a completion towards the sideline. Arizona was, was driving and it was on the opposite side of the field from where I was sitting. And I was like, Whoa, that is a really, really hard play to square your body and make a throw like that. Like we haven't seen an Arizona quarterback who's able to make that throw and put it on the button in a long time. I I, I'd have to go watch the game to know exactly what point that was. And it was like a six, seven yard completion, but it was a, Wow play. Delora made one mistake, that interception. But outside of that, he was brilliant. 299 yards passing, four touchdowns. Uh, he he was great. I'll buy everything Jaden Delora after game one. So that's easy. I mean, I, this might just be a buy fest all night, Shane. I, I mean, you know, listen, it's, we're recording on Monday night. So it's let's bull, go with number it's a bull three. market. Uh, with Jacob Cowing, who is phenomenal, and T-Mac, Arizona might have its best duo of receivers since... I mean, I, you name them, Shane. Is this the best, at least in the last 25 years? Can you think of a better set of receivers at the same time for Arizona? Mike Thomas and Rob Gronkowski, maybe, I guess? Yeah, it, it's. I was trying to think of duos. I mean, certainly if you look at like the receiving core, you know, you think back to Jerron Kreiner and then the, yep. the Davids, Roberts, and Douglas. Mm. Uh, that, that was a nice trio. But I think, uh, you know, and, and let's not forget Dorian Singer as well. I think he could be the number one guy on on, on a handful, at least a handful of uh, FBS teams. Uh, so, yeah, if you talk about duos, like wide receivers specifically, I don't know. You know, there Jerron Kreiner was great, and then you had any number of guys who could have been the number two. So I, I'm right. trying to think of great Arizona wide receiving duos in history, and I can't think of a lot just because I can't either. Th- there have been a lot of great ones, but not like two great ones at the same time. So I'm, no. I'm struggling. I, I, you, you sent me these questions earlier, just in you know, full disclosure, and I really struggled to think of an answer for this one, and I'm still struggling. Uh, by the way, T Mac's first catch um, was a touchdown and he got popped. Oh, yeah. And you were there. You were right there to see it. It was right, right there. I mean, that's right in front of my seats. Yeah. And, um, He'll you know, him. we had talked about, I, I don't remember who we had on the other week. I think it was, uh, it was Corey, uh, Corey Luff. And he said, yeah, the reports on T Mac is, you know, he's just not a physical guy. He's not, not really there for the he contact. Got, he got welcomed to college football in that, in that play. <laughs> and, didn't he? and they, and they, well, yeah, I'll tell you what, they kind of helped him to the sidelines and they were, I was watching it and, it, yeah. you know, they were kind of checking him out and the next possession, he was right back in. And that's yeah. what you want to see. Well, and he, and he made another great catch too, when he had to come back for the football uh, late, yeah. later in the game. Um, and yeah. our guy, Matt oh, Moreno, that was a great play. Our oh, guy, uh, Matt Moreno tweeted out a, uh, a video of when he was in uh, high school doing the same thing, coming back and making a diving. That coach. awareness though, Shane is just, yeah. it's, but, but you look at cowing. I mean, I, and here's the thing. I, I didn't know what number cowing was to start the game. I, I didn't have my, you know, I didn't have, they didn't have programs or anything like that. So I'm like, what is it? Six. No, that's singers at five. 
I mean, he stands out. Once he got the ball the first time, I was like, whoa, this guy's legit. And he just put on a clinic. Three touchdowns, 150 yards. I mean, the guy was phenomenal. There's a reason NFL scouts are talking about him as a day two pick. I mean, this guy, he can play in the league right now. Uh, This might be, obviously for this year, the best pickup that Arizona's had, even more so than Delora, because he just makes plays. He had a play near the goal line where he scored, where he caught it. And that was also right in front of my seats, where he he took the guy out wide and just flat out outran him. We haven't seen an Arizona receiver that's been able to do that, at least in my memory, in, in quite a while, Shane. Yeah, I think you said it. The just the the awareness on the field for both those guys, not just the you know the route running, the or the executing the play, but just the awareness. Like you know, what ha- what do they what happens when a play breaks down? What do you do? Uh, those are guys who are going to bail out Jaden Delora in certain situations when he needs it, and and that's going to be massive. And I think it's not just those two guys; you have others as well. I, I would actually like to see the running backs get a little more involved in the passing game going forward. Yeah. I think they probably will be. Um, but just for this game, El Cowing, you know, he's not going to do three touchdowns, 150 yards every night, but he'll have at least a couple more of those performances. And in the meantime, I think you're going to see T-Mac, Dorian Singer, uh, any number of the tight ends who are, you know, any three of them are, are all like in the, the, the oars or on the depth chart. Um, I, I think you're going to have a lot of different guys who are going to uh, be number one or number two on receiving yards for Arizona this year. By the way, let me give you some credit uh, from last week's show. One of the buy or sell questions was over. I think I put 12 and a half touches for Arizona's freshman. Well, Coleman freshman. got Coleman got 12 in his own, didn't he? He got he got 13. Rayshon okay. Speedy Luke got four and T-Mac got three. Yeah. So right there, uh, I mean, that's what is that? Uh, that's 20 right there. Yeah, I didn't expect so that to, to happen that way. But yeah, I, I got that one right. Yeah, Coleman. Coleman was a closer there. He, mm-hmm. uh, he and DJ Williams, true closers. Uh, all right. Um, number four, Shane, the biggest surprise on Saturday outside of the lack of uh, ice and soda at Snapdragon Stadium was Arizona's defense, which looked uh, a lot more competent than any of us could have expected. Uh, I'll buy it. Um, I, okay. I think along, maybe along with the offensive line, which I think was great in pass protection run, you know, is okay. But San Diego State is, is great against the run. But yeah, overall, I think that they looked light years better than they did last year as well, at least um, in, in certain aspects. And they weren't looked the unit as a whole wasn't bad last year. Right. They definitely looked uh, better. They looked more disciplined this year, yeah. I, I I would say, or this in this game. Uh, and they're going to need that going forward. Uh, our guy, Blair Willis, uh, who was on our show last week, noted that uh, their, their next opponent, Mississippi State, they had 450 passing yards in their win against Memphis. 256 of those yards were after the catch. Wow. So they're going to need to do some open field tackling. They're going to, that's going to come that be crucial. If they're going to have a chance to win along with getting a pressure on their quarterback. I know we're going to break that game down a little bit more, yeah. but based on what I saw in the San Diego state game, that's at least plausible. You know, they only sacked Braxton Burmeister one time, but they got on him a lot. You know, if he wasn't a mobile guy, he would have gone down four or five times, if not more. So I, I was thrilled with, with uh, what they did. We're able to do against him. They limited the running game. You know, San Diego yep. State tore them up again on the run. We last talked year. about that last week. Yep. Yeah, they, under they, under two hundred yards, well under two hundred, well yards, under yeah. two hundred. Um, so I think they, they played San Diego State to even on the ground. If not, you know, they they probably they might have even won that battle. And then the passing game, they won that easily. So, uh, yeah, I top to bottom, I, I think their you know the, their secondary looked strong for the most part. Although they didn't have to make a lot of plays, I think Burmeister threw the ball ten times altogether, so we didn't get to see a lot of them. We're going to see a lot more of them in Tucson this weekend, but overall, yeah, I'll, I'll buy that. They were the most pleasant surprise along with the offensive line. 
Yeah, I was shocked. I mean, uh, I, I'm trying to avoid the special teams mishap, but uh, Arizona basically gave up 13 points uh, on yeah. on defense, which was phenomenal. I mean, they they played they played great, and uh, Jerry Roberts was everywhere. Uh, the secondary, I mean, what San Diego State had like what six completions, something. I mean, it was, it was they were yeah. bad. Uh, passing the ball. So I was really, really impressed with Arizona's defense. Yeah, that, that's a must-buy. I'm, I'm just throwing buys out here. All right, uh, last one here, uh, bonus question. The Arizona-Mississippi State line seems like it's too much. Shame. Not to make a prediction here, it's it's around double digits. It's 11.5. It started at 13.5 on FanDuel. It's down to 11.5. On DraftKings, it's 10. I've seen it as low as 7.5. But anywhere in that double digits just seems like too much by yourself. You know, it's funny because I I actually thought it was going to be closer. I thought the line was going to be between three and six points. But I actually agree. I, I actually agree with like around 10. I think that's okay. about right. And I think that takes into account that Arizona is better. I think Mississippi State's a very good team. And I know we're getting, I don't want to get into this a little too much because we want to save that for the last segment. But I think they're a top 25 team. Uh, even though they're not ranked in top, maybe they will be by the time that we release this, the next round of rankings. But I think they're that good. You know, they're a very well-rounded team. I, I do think that you could certainly argue, you know, Arizona's impressive win against San Diego State combined with the game being in Tucson, it being essentially an 11 p.m. start. Is it is Mississippi on uh, an Eastern? Time? Uh, it is a 10, 10 o'clock start. 10 o'clock start for them. Yeah. Still. Yeah. That that's uh, that's late. You know, uh, so. I, I, you take all those things into account. I, I think it probably should be a little closer, but it makes it a tougher pick for me. So that the, we'll uh, let that be a teaser for our last segment, but I, I don't, is it too much? It's more than I expected, but I wouldn't say it's too much. All right. So you're going to sell that. Uh, I'm going to buy it. Uh, I think it's ridiculous. I think the fact that uh, odds makers are not watching what Arizona did to San Diego state, they are looking at Arizona last year and uh, in the previous years, uh, by the way, let me just give a score, Shane, that may be relevant here. Last year's bowl game, and bowl games are what they are, a depleted Texas Tech 34, Mississippi State 7. Mississippi State was a double-digit favorite in that game and lost 34-7 to to a Texas mm. Tech team that had an interim head coach. Okay. I would probably watch that tape if I were Jed Fish. That company. happens in bowl games sometimes, though, when a team expects to do better and they go to a bowl game they really don't want to be at. So I... I I'm not making an excuse, but I'd, I, I, that's just not a shocking result. I, I will say this. I tweeted out on Sunday morning that at 13 and a half, uh, betting Arizona at plus 13 and a half is a bet your house pick. Like if I had a house that I could afford to bet, that's one I would do it on. I'm serious. Now down to, I think 10 and a half is the magic number for me. Yes. I just, I would be surprised after what we saw on Sunday, on Saturday, if Arizona lost by more than 10 points. I, I would be, I think anything below that, I mean, you know, we'll get our picks later on. I'm, I, I think double digits, 10 and a half, 13 and a half, especially. I, I think, I mean, unless Arizona reverts to its their old selves, I, I think this they're a great bet this Completely week. Completely fair. Completely fair. Uh, coming up next, Barrett Baker, uh, special teams captain and uh, analyst extraordinaire joining us here on Wildcat Country. Scooby, we sent you an ice shaker. Um, they are a sponsor, uh, courtesy of our buddy Chris Gronkowski. Uh, you have it Bronk. right there. I love my ice shaker. Fun fact: when I was I trained with Glenn Gronkowski, everybody when we were trained together, people thought I was I was the other Gronk brother. So it was kind of funny. 
but yes, I love my ice shaker. It is very good. I use it every day. I am a, I am a veteran to the ice shaker game, by the way. What's up, Wildcat Country? Chris Krakowski here. Use coupon code WildcatCountry at iShaker.com. All right, Shane, this is uh, exciting to be able to talk about a win. And we haven't been able to do that basically on this show. And we're very excited to welcome former Arizona special teams captain Barrett Baker uh, joining us here in Wildcat Country. Barrett, we haven't had you on since, uh, I believe, the middle of last October. And we had you on after a loss. I think it was one of our live post game shows. It wasn't great. Uh, we're glad to have you back on after a win. Just your thoughts on everything that we saw on Saturday. It's amazing what a Wildcat victory can do for our overall health and well-being. Yes. And I, I say that tongue-in-cheek, but honestly, this program and Arizona football, it's really important. It's important to Tucson uh, as an alum. I, I live and breathe. I, I am an avid Wildcat fan, and we've been through some tough times over the past five years. Mm-hmm. So to get this win, uh, you know, to start the season off, with the expectations, winning the offseason, having all that, but then to go out and take care of business for 60 minutes, uh, just an awesome feeling. I'm so happy for the program. Yeah, Barrett, uh, first of all, I think it was the uh, after the Colorado game where Arizona got shut up by a very bad Colorado team that we had you on last year. So I'm glad we're having you on under, finally under some happier circumstances. Uh, Eric and I have already talked about uh, some of the things we, we liked uh, most from what we saw in San Diego. What are some of the things that stood out to you? I just all all aspects of the game. I felt like we were better than they were. I think when we were tested a little bit in the third quarter, and there was a little resiliency. Uh, the years, you know, the the last five years, we would have found a way to lose that game. We would have no folded. Doubt. I think. Yep. And I, you know, listen. There was two plays that were critical to me uh, when when they had the touchdown called back from the holding, which would have tied the game up at seventeen uh, to get that turnover immediately and then go down and score points. Huge momentum. Uh, and then just the fluky blocked punt in the end zone. Again, another chance for the momentum of the game to really, really swing. But we battled back and we we kept our nose in it. And I think that that was just a huge testament to the belief and the culture change that we've seen in that program over the last year. Yeah, I, I think and you could probably attest to this, that I think it's become as much of a mental thing or it had become as much of a mental thing for Arizona as anything else. I mean, the talent wasn't there either, but I think time last year, this team would get inside uh, the 10 yard line, get first and goal. And they, they think, oh, I feel like they would collectively think the same way we did. How are we going to find a way to blow this? Right. Do you, how much, how big a deal is that for a team, especially with so many got new guys who have an experience that have to come in and bring that kind of fresh mentality. Do you think? Who has who taught our players how to win? And I mean, that's a simple question, but they don't know how to win. It was never, taught to them it was never passed down from seniors to juniors to sophomores to freshmen when was the last time we've won as a program so i think that that as i said the other day we had become accepting of losing if that makes any sense where we weren't expecting to win so you have to expect to win when you line up for 60 minutes and we've gotten to the point it was acceptable to lot to lose and i think that that has changed that really has changed I think it's changed with Coach Fish when he says trust the process. I think his resume, obviously, the, the coaching staff itself and, and the NFL talent that you see on that coaching staff, they've walked the walk. They're like Ric Flair. You know, to be the man, you got to beat the man. Love it. Well, they've done it. Yeah, they've done that. And I think that it's starting to trickle down. And now all of a sudden, when we believe, when you know the guy next to you is doing what he's supposed to do, and I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do, it gives you that confidence that San Diego State put it on us last year. And to flip that and put it on them, 
I, I actually think there's a lot of symbolism with that, that uh, there's, there's a belief in the program. And I think that we're going to really enjoy this team. You just made Shane's night, Barrett, with the uh, wrestling reference. Well, you probably sounded like Ric Flair after the game, right? right, right. That's what I'm saying. Woo! Finally. That's my voice. That was my voice during the game, Shane, is uh, the reason I'm still a little hoarse today. Barrett, I'm going to take – got to give Shane a little ribbing here. So after the game, I saw on Twitter that Shane was saying, you know, Arizona is a good win for Arizona, but San Diego State stinks. When you watch that game, would you say that was accurate, or would you say Arizona was just flat out – a lot better than you expected. I think that they have an identity. I don't think that they try to do things that they're not good at. I, I generally speaking, they're a very, very good defense. That's physical. I think Delora was able to pick that apart. And I think that was frustrating for them defensively. Uh, and then with Braxton Burmeister, uh, I just smiled from ear to ear the entire game with the physical punishment that Jalen Harris put on him. And because let me tell you, that's karma to me. I have never, dare I say, <laughs> forgiven him, but he did Arizona football wrong all those years ago. Mm-hmm. And so I took great pleasure in the fact that they couldn't do anything to us. Their identity is to try to run the ball. And I think that we did a great job. They had a couple of drives where they had a couple runs, uh, successful runs on some zone, you know, some stretch plays. But uh, Jerry Roberts was was making them pay when they were cutting back up, you know, he was literally coming in full speed ahead. And I think physically that we were just better than them. How do you feel about the running back rotation where a bunch of guys are getting carries? Do you like that philosophy or in general, or do you like it to just be one or two guys? I think that if you looked back at, you know, Thurman Thomas and Emmett Smith and all of the great backs, they would be just, you know, cataclysmic with how it's handled today. Uh, They're good enough backs to do it on their own. But I also think the flip side to that is that when you are able to rotate your backs, then what we had happen in the fourth quarter takes place. And they didn't want any part of number 32, right? Williams was basically just pounding them down in the fourth quarter. But I was truly impressed with Wiley. I think that he'd made a lot of improvement over the offseason. He's big. I thought he ran very, very physically. He had that catch on third down where he was able to uh, make three guys miss and get the first down. Those are big plays at the time. So I think all three of them, Jonah Coleman, he hits the hole uh, with super speed. Uh, There's no delaying there. And I mean, who's a guy last year that was very productive for us was Drake Anderson. And I don't know if he's banged up, uh, but that was the guy last year that really hit the hole hard, was great between four and nine yards and didn't get to the third level. But I don't know if you've seen him, but he's bulked up. He looks like a totally different back. We didn't even get to him. He's so, a number, number five on their depth chart. On the yeah, running back and position, I mean, that, yeah. that, like that, how does that happen? But uh, I just think, and the other thing about Williams, I'd say is this, uh, and this is just a, 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 maybe it's a flawed opinion, but generally speaking, I'm not huge on bringing in transfers that haven't really produced elsewhere. Uh, and, and I mean, I, I say that, and I'm, it's not a personal shot, but look at Solomon from Michigan. He had two linebackers coaches at Michigan. He couldn't get on the field here. He's gotten passed up here as well. So with Williams being at two different stops, and you could say, yeah, you know, he had some success at Auburn. But for me, I struggled with the fact that is he going to be better than the five guys that we had on the roster? But then what do you know? Drake Anderson, you know, he's, he's banged up. Jalen John has not been able to stay healthy. So Jonah Coleman and Williams, they run like Jalen John. And he's banged up. So they've absolutely replaced him. So it's turned out to be a very positive thing. And just, I talked to Cindric Steptoe the other day at practice and he did say, he said, the kid is different. He, he runs downhill physically uh, dominating and, and people don't really want to be in front of him. And I think you could see that. 
And so many areas in the struggle with their last two head coaches is really his depth. And that's not an issue, at least at some positions this year. I want to go back to Jaden Delora Barrett and what your thoughts on him. I mean, obviously the skill is there. He seems to have a, a swagger about him. And I like guys that have kind of the balance between the swagger, but not arrogance. I feel like he straddles that line pretty well. He's got a short memory when it comes to bad plays. Like you said, what are your thoughts on him? I, I think the, the, the more I know about football, the less I know, but I know one thing, the quarterback position is where it happens. I mean, and, and again, I don't mean to take a shot at Plummer and Cruz and Gunnell and, and, and the guys that have come before us. But when was the last time that we had this type of belief in the position of quarterback? I mean, I, I feel excited when I see him get the ball and take a step, you know, drop back, because I know that chances are we're going to get a completion. We're going to get a big play. And I just think that, you know, I went out Fafita. I got to tell you, that kid's arm is, is just unreal to me. And McLeod take away the Oregon game last year when he threw the interceptions. There's three guys there that I think actually could have success in this offense. But Delora, they, they all say it clicked. At one point, it clicked. And when it did, it's fun to watch. I mean, we had guys open all over the field. I guess that would be the other thing that's important to me is that I'm going off on a tangent, but we won the Please offseason. Do. Please do. Yeah. yeah. We, we won the recruiting battles. You know, we, we, we got these big transfers. But what was the one question that we heard so often is, can Jed Fish coach? I mean, when 60 minutes are on the clock and you're in the first quarter through the fourth quarter, can we coach? And I think, you know, you don't want to overreact or underreact after one game, yeah. but he can. You know, he called a good game. And yeah. again, the scheme was sound. The run-pass ratio was good. Uh, I think that we put Delore in, a, in, he's obviously comfortable in the shotgun, and we put him in a lot of positions where he felt confident. I think he made one one bad throw that you could say. And truth be told, we had two guys right in the same area, and that's never good. So I think there was probably a miscommunication with the receivers on that route as well. So he's going to get better. That's the that's the beauty of it. The more practices that he goes through, the more time he works with Coach Fish, he's going to get better. So I think this was the tip of the iceberg. But, man, he's got it. He's got it. Let me ask you about the offensive line, because that was my biggest concern going into the season. And I think the biggest concern of a lot of fans, uh, I thought they did pretty well, especially in, in pass protection for the most part run, you know, the run game. It's okay. But San Diego state's got one of the best rushing defenses in the country, or at least they did last year. What are your overall thoughts from them based on what you saw so far? I mean, listen, we're hardcore fans, but does anyone know that number 58 is Sam Lange before this game? No. And so to have a sixth lineman be able to come in, and play left guard and then bump out to right tackle and swing between multiple positions and hold up extremely well, uh, that's a good sign for us because the trenches is a physical, difficult place to stay healthy. And, you know, losing Jonah uh, and having him not come out in the second half, uh, that's a blow to the offensive line. But somehow we were able to continue to go through it. So I would say that that's probably still my one, dare I say, complaint is that you have to get that win and it's hard as a coaching staff to say, when do we take our foot off the gas and when do we get our second team guys in? But I believe that Lange played obviously throughout just because of uh, injuries. Uh, but I think JT Hand was the only other offensive lineman that played late in that game. And I would have liked to have seen a little bit more from the second team guys so they understand what it's like to play you know, under the lights, for lack of a better description, even though it was a, a daytime game. Yeah. So let's see, you know, what is Borjan? What is the right tackle that's bigger than a hotel? Uh, you, let's see, some of the Magnuson, you know, Stovall, some of those guys, Woody Jean, that have been in the program for a few years. 
I need to see if they're ready, if they're called upon. And that's probably the one thing that is still undetermined to me. But that starting five, I thought they played fairly well. The goal line stand where we had had our punt blocked or blocked it ourselves or what have you, uh, you know, that was one play where Peyton Fears just got worked on the third down pass. The, I mean, he just got beat bad off the line of scrimmage in a one-on-one pass protection. And because of that, uh, Delora had to unload that ball, obviously, very, very quickly. But on the whole, I thought they held up pretty well against, like what you said, that 3-3-5 defense. San Diego State is a, a very, very good defensive system, and they have been for five years now. All right, Barrett. One thing that we haven't discussed yet, I'm surprised I didn't bring it up earlier. Jedfish is kind of cojones. Uh, first possession of the game, Arizona gets the uh, the three and out. They get the ball. It's fourth and one at their own, what, 30-yard line, something like that. And I'm like, what is he doing? Now, I mean, I like that. But what is he doing? When you're watching that at the time, what are you thinking? And regardless of the result, was that a good decision by Jed Fish? Uh, I was almost sick to my stomach because, I, first of all, I couldn't believe that the call got overturned and that the the, the first down. I didn't think think there was enough there at all. Yeah, I mean, come on, guys. I couldn't see it uh, so at the game, so I couldn't see it. So yeah, I so I think I was up. I, I think I was upset with that. Yeah, and then I hate to say it, but the pessimism of the last five years was just ruling the moment for me. Here we I go thought, again. Yeah, here we go yeah. again. And this is where the game has changed a little bit for us. I think, you know, they, they they do the analytics and they put a lot of numbers behind things. And I think was what we sent was it Simpson Simpson in motion on that. And we did just a little, yeah, a little fake motion to him to, to at least move that linebacker. Uh, and they ran by right behind 71. And so I think that that's a belief between Baker and Jonah that we're going to get a yard. And I thought we, that was something that was probably confidence building to the squad because we've already said it multiple times, San Diego state, that is not an easy team to run against. No, and for us no. to say on the first possession of the game on our own 32 yard line or whatever it was, we're going to go for it and we're going to get it huge moment to me just symbolically very very big moment it was incredible i mean you're like this is a different team when they when they went for it against as you said a tough defensive line the other thing that we haven't talked about thus far uh in this discussion is arizona's wide receiving core um when you uh, when is the last time and shane and i talked about this earlier in the show when is the last time arizona had a one-two punch that were anywhere near as good as you know cowing and t-mac it's amazing that these guys i mean I'll be honest. When the game started, I was like, what number is Cowing again? Is he that little guy? Holy cow. I mean, Barrett, this guy is unbelievable. And and let me just one up you. And I know I'm not trying to be rude. Let's say one, two, three punch. Because how about that first half that Singer had minus the drop? He made some huge plays. And so, you know, they're, they're still finding their way. I guess that's what's even more exciting is that they, they haven't played together very long. So I think when you see that chemistry continue to develop, but going back to my little thing about transfers, and if you produced where you were at before, does that, you know, you're going to produce here. Cowing produced. He produced big time at UTEP. And I think it's exciting to see that whatever level of competition he played against at UTEP, that didn't matter. He's a player. I think McMillan is still going to get better with his route running because, you know, sometimes you can see that the route running might not be there yet. But my gosh, he can catch the ball. And so uh, it was exciting to see. And, and one more thing, just to, to kind of go on to that. I don't think Delora forces the ball. I mean, listen, how exciting was that on uh, third down 
when Tanner McLaughlin comes across on a drag route, 84, you know, another transfer that's healthy. I didn't know who he was. Yeah. I've never heard of him before. Yeah. I, 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 we're going to know his name by the time all is said and done, because again, another transfer that was under the radar and he was banged up, you know, he tore his ACL at Southern Utah. If you've ever stood next to him, then let me tell you the guy, he fits the bill for a tight end and between lines and Tanner, and then obviously the future with uh, Burnett, that position. So our offense is just, it's formidable. It's going to be fun to watch this year. Yeah, the tight ends I call the three ors because in the oh. look at the depth, you look at the depth chart. There, it's Keon Burnett or Alex Lines or Tanner McLaughlin. Yeah. Uh, I'd love the ors. Jed doesn't do quite as many of those, but that's one where he did. Um, let's look ahead to Mississippi State, Barrett. Uh, you go from a, a team that's uh, you know run the ball, ground attack, uh, methodical to Mike Leach's air raid offense. He's got the prototypical Mike Leach quarterback in there, Will Rogers. Uh, how do you go about stopping those guys? You know, it, it's really interesting because Washington used to dominate Leach with when he was at Washington State, and and they basically said, "Yeah, there's your five plays. We're going to take them away." I mean, it, it's not rocket science what they do, uh, it, it, but they do have a scheme that is very simple in nature. But if you have a good quarterback and they can make the right reads, then it's challenging, and they're not going to hit you for the 50, 50 yard shot. Uh, it's a controlled passing game where they're very comfortable getting three to five yards of play. That's all they're looking for. And then when you break down and you get a little bit antsy because they keep hitting you short, 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 that's when they take something and, and make you pay. So it, it's just going to be discipline. I think Manson had a great first game as a defensive coordinator. Uh, I mean, when Hunter Eccles on the first snap of the game or the, the first pass play of the game can shoot inside and get a huge sack or almost sack, you know, there's something to that. So we need hit, we need him to be healthy. Uh, we need Deuce Davis and some of those defensive ends. I mean, I think Lane came in at the end of the game, looked very, very good. So there is going to be that aspect of our front four has to get some individual wins. We have to get some individual wins without bringing pressure all the time because their wide receivers are good. And if they go one-on-one, they're, they're going to win a lot of those. So a, a very, very important thing to get wins up front in our one-on-ones, key on bars, those types of guys, Paris Shan, uh, Savea or 98. He had some great plays, even though he'd been banged up. So I think it's going to take that in, for, for us to really slow down their offense. We'll talk about, this is my, my last question for you, Barrett, the, uh, the chess match that is the film room this week. Cause I'm sure Mississippi state's de- defensive guys are looking, how, 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 do, how can we slow down those offense? What can we do? They're going to look at all everything Arizona did right and did wrong uh, last week. And then Jet Fish, I, I would imagine, has already drawn up more plays to counter that, knowing him. We had Wilton Spade on uh, last year, and he said, like, after a big win when he was at Michigan, Jet had him back in his office, like, the next morning with, like, 20 new plays. So uh, if you're Mississippi, from Mississippi State's perspective, what do you do to maybe take away some of what Arizona does well? And then how might Jet Fish go about countering that? I think the, the key to any defense is to make somebody one dimensional and to keep them behind the chain. So if they can take away our running game and put us into second and long and third and long, that's the name of the, of the game anytime. But if Williams and Jonah and Speedy and Wiley can continue to get four to six yards a carry when it comes to our running game and we're in those, you know, second and fives, then, then we're going to have success. So to me, that's the key. They're going to try to make us one-dimensional. And you make a team one-dimensional by taking away either the run or the pass. 
which of the two they try to do, I don't know. I, I generally think that they're probably going to try to take away the run because they're going to have that SEC confidence or arrogance, I guess, where they're going to say, we're bigger than you, our defensive line, our front four is going to be able to control your front five. And when you do that, now you can take your back seven to control four or five wide receivers. So it's just numbers. If their front four can control the line of scrimmage, that's good for them. If our line can control the line, it's good for us. All right. So uh, not to put you on the spot or anything, I know it's uh, it's only Monday night, but let's let's hear your pick on this game. Does Arizona beat Mississippi State? I'm going to say yes, and I'll tell you why. I don't think that we've had a home field advantage for a long time. I think Tucson is excited, and I think that we're going to see a real home field advantage. I think that that was a big win for us. I know that the ticket sales are on on pace to actually be kind of exciting. Uh, it's eight o'clock. That's not you know something common for Mississippi State. And if if you know all we have to do is play Wildcat football like we did on Saturday. But uh, damn the torpedoes! Let's go for this and let's get the win. Absolutely fantastic discussion, Barrett Baker. Always glad to have you on with us. Uh, we'd love to have you on during the season. Great stuff. Bear down, guys. Let's get the win and appreciate the time as always. Just outstanding analysis from Baker. He's, I mean, he should be, uh, Shane, you and I said kind of uh, off air, they're like, man, he should be uh, calling games at some point, somewhere, because he's he was phenomenal. So great to have him on. Great analysis from him. Gosh, yeah, I, I, I remember, because I, I mentioned to you, Eric, we should have Barrett on. I remember how good he was, and it's like he's really good at breaking dead. I forgot how good he was and how much attention he pays. I mean, he, 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 he does like a color commentator's work. You know, yeah. really, he, he, he's fantastic. And, you know, when you consider his day jobs or night job, too, as a firefighter, yeah, uh, which is time consuming as well. Uh, so, no, great analysis. Hopefully you and he uh, get to see a win in person this week. And, uh, you know, like I said, there's excitement around the program again. And uh, just you know, all, all, all it take was all it took was um, was one big win on the road. And it feels like Arizona football is back now. We'll see. But I'm just saying it feels like Arizona's playing relevant football again. And that's it, we haven't been able to say that for a few years. Let's do a really quick buy or sell on the Pac-12. Oregon lost 49 to 3 to Georgia. Buy or sell? Got to sell. I, I I actually didn't thought Oregon was going to cover and they didn't come close to it. Same. Obviously, it's going to take a year or two for them to get their footing under Dan Lanning. So, yeah, I'm going to sell them. I'm going to sell them too. Uh this team is not nearly as good as I thought they would be. Uh Utah, tough loss to Florida. Buy or sell? I'll buy them. It, it was a tough loss. It could have gone either way. Uh I I still think they're going to be very good. I think they're the the team to beat in the Pac-12 South. All due respect to USC, uh, so I'll, I'll buy them. It's a tough place to play. Gonna agree with you. Buy there. Uh, Urban Meyer to ASU. There were rumors on the Dan Patrick Show last week. Buy or sell? I, I saw this poll uh, that said, like, for ASU fans, like, would you want Urban Meyer to be your head coach? And a slight majority said no. Like, are you guys crazy? I would take him in a heartbeat. So, no, I don't necessarily think that's going to happen. I feel like that. All, all due respect, I, I feel like that job might or Meyer might feel like the job is beneath him. Uh, ASU is a good football program, but they're not top tier like, like, uh, like Florida or Ohio state. But if they have the opportunity to hire urban Meyer, they should absolutely go for it. Nothing twice about it. All right, Shane, it's time for our game picks. And by the way, I'm going to sell that. There's no way urban Meyer is going to ASU. They should hire him if, if possible, there's no way I, he would take the ASU job. So I'm out on that. Sell on that. 
Uh, last week in game picks, I also want to sell my picks three and eight against the spread. You were six and five. Blair Willis was five and six, but he was the only one that had Arizona winning the game outright. I had him covering the spread. You had them losing. That was one that you got right though. That was one of the three pathetic. Uh, all right. We got an 11 pack of games. We're going to go real quick here. Shane. Yep. Uh, these are all against the spread Alabama minus 20 at Texas. Where are you going? Yeah, I think Alabama's the best team in the country. Maybe Texas keeps this cl- game close for a half. I know they're, it's in Austin, but I think Bama busted open late. I think they maybe even get a defensive touchdown in there. Their defense is ridiculous. I'm going to take Bama. Uh, 20 points is a lot. Uh, I, I probably shouldn't be disagreeing with you after what we saw last week. I just think I think Texas keeps it to under 17. I hope I'm right. I want to see a good game. This is it's great to see these these big powerhouses playing. Uh, Texas is still a powerhouse in name. Uh, former Alabama offense coordinator Sark. Um, let's hope Bijan Robinson runs through the Alabama defense and makes it interesting at least. So I'll take them plus twenty. Tennessee uh, dynamic offense against Pitt, who struggled against uh, West Virginia. Another one of my wins. West Virginia plus seven and a half. Tennessee is minus seven at Pitt. Where are you going, Shane? I like Pitt more than the odds makers do. I know they struggled against West Virginia, but it's a rivalry game. Weird things happen. Uh, I don't know if I'd pick, pick uh, Pitt outright, but I like them getting seven points at home. I'm tempted to pick Pitt outright. Now we're recording this on Monday. I really got to think about it, but I'll definitely take the seven points. Seems like a gift from the odds makers. Uh, Wisconsin hosting Washington State. Wisconsin giving away 17 and a half. Seems like a lot. I'm taking Washington State. I think the Cougs, despite only tw- scoring 24 against Idaho, I think they have a decent offensive output and hold, you know, stay within that spread, even though I don't think they come close to winning. Yeah, Washington State, they, like you said, they struggled to get past Idaho at home. I think Wisconsin beats them soundly in Madison. I like the Badgers to jump around and all over oh, the Cougars, Eric. You're welcome. Thank you. Uh, UNLV is getting 13 and a half at Cal. Normally, this is a game that uh, I wouldn't want to pick, but I actually like them. And I think UNLV with scored 52 even against Idaho State last week. I mean, they could be, they could, might be able to score. I'll take the points there. Give me UNLV with the points. Not saying they're going to win outright, but games should be close. You- now, Pac 12 isn't good, but as we learned last week, the Mountain West is worst. Uh, I'll take Cal by at least two TDs at home. Uh, Houston, who is a uh, kind of a sleeper teammate, went to triple overtime against UTSA on the road at Texas Tech minus three. Texas Tech quarterback Tyler Shuck, uh, Valley uh, in Arizona product. Uh, who is uh, was formerly at Oregon. He is now out. Uh, so I'm not sure who Texas Tech's quarterback is, but Shane Houston at Texas Tech, uh, Red Raiders giving three points. Who you got? Yeah, without Shuck for at least a couple of weeks, uh, I think Texas Tech is going to struggle. I might pick I might pick Houston to win even if Shuck was healthy. I think they're going to bounce back from a tough uh, first game. But I'll definitely pick Houston uh, with Shuck out. I'm taking Houston, and I uh, will put that in my Sportsline column, which I will write at some point this week. Check that out, sportsline.com. Had to get a shameless plug. Absolutely. My, my picks actually weren't bad for a while there, and then they kind of went down. Then they were. Anyways, uh, all right, Kentucky at Florida, minus four and a half. Gators coming off a huge win uh, against Utah. Uh, four and a half only at home. It seems like uh, a little bit. What do you say? Yeah, I like Mark Stoops' guys, but after seeing how Florida played against Utah, I, I got to take the Gators with that, that line. Billy Napier is doing a great job there. Uh, I think Kentucky's going to keep it closer. I think this is a field goal game one way or the other. I I think Florida's going to win, but low scoring 20 to 17 type game. Interesting. Yeah, I think it's going to be a lot lower scoring than people think. Okay. Uh, USC going on the road in week two, minus nine at Stanford. Um, I I think the Trojans win by 17 or more. The offense looked great against Rice, even though it was Rice. I don't know why I picked Rice last week at getting 30 some points. USC minus nine. 
Sounds good to me. How about you? I agree. I, I, I'll take USC. Stanford's a shell of its former self. I, I think Mark May might be onto something when he said USC could be a college football playoff sleeper. I wouldn't go that far. But the USC is good. I'll take Trojans. Okay. Uh, so uh, we have uh, ASU is going on the road to Stillwater, maybe a future Big 12 rivalry. Oklahoma State giving 10 and a half. I mean, I don't think ASU is any good. I don't care what they did to NAU. Oklahoma State uh, can score with anybody, at least for now. Uh, I think they win by two or three touchdowns against ASU. So I'll take the, uh, the Cowboys to cover. Yeah. I don't think ASU is, is as bad as you and others think they are. I think Emory Jones, in addition to being a pretty good quarterback is a breath of fresh air for them. Uh, there's probably more positivity on that team right now than I, as a, as a U of A alum would like to see. Uh, plus they did, they did well in transfer portal. They did uh, what they were supposed to do against NAU, be that as it may. Uh, o- Oklahoma state just gave up 44 points to central Michigan. So I'm going to, I think the devils are going to make it a, cl- uh, a close game. It was a, a backdoor cover. If you watched the, it was, it was just a lot of garbage points at the end, but fair enough. Uh, all right. I've taken Oklahoma state. All right. Uh, quick pick here, Shane, uh, big game of ranked teams, Baylor at BYU. The Cougars are giving three points to the top 10 uh, Baylor bears. Who you got? Uh, BYU's at home. I think Baylor's the better team. I think they win this one outright. I'm taking BYU at home. I think BYU is a sneaky uh, uh, college football playoff, not final four, but but final 12 contender, uh, this is a big game, and I think the crowd will be ready. I'll take BYU with the points. Oregon State, uh, big win against Boise State uh, on Saturday. I did not predict that, that. That was one of my losers. You called it. They're going to Fresno State, and Fresno State is giving a point and a half. I like Fresno State to win the game uh, by two or more, so give me Fresno State. How about you? I am all in on Oregon State, you know, and if it all goes right for them, I think they could win the Pac-12 North this year. I'm not going to pick it. But I think it could happen. They looked impressive, especially wow. on defense against. Remember, Boise there's State. no Pac-12 North though. Shane. I, under, I understand, but I, I think I think that they, that if, it, if, it, if that format was still the same, I think that they could they could win the Pac-12 North if it were still the same. So I, I think that they could be not one of the top two teams, but if that that were the same format, I think they could they could. Uh, they could finish on top. I'm not impressed with Oregon or Washington at this point. They looked impressive, especially on defense against Boise State. I think they get the win on the road. All right. And finally, the big game. Uh, Arizona is a 10-point underdog, at least we're, the line we're going to use against Mississippi State. Shane, give me a pick and a score if you can. So real quick, uh, if there's a 12-team college football playoff in 2014, it would have uh, the first-round game would have been number seven Mississippi State against number 10 Arizona. Just wow. Wow. That would be that, but uh, I, it's likely to be a high-scoring game. Just for that reason, I think it's less likely to be a close game. I think this would be a much easier pick if the Bulldogs were favored by three, that three to six-point range. I'm going to reluctantly take Mississippi State to cover, if for no other reason than wow. if, if they do. At least I feel better knowing I got it right. Um, it's a dumb reason, but it's my reason, and I'm sticking to it. I'm going to reluctantly go with Mississippi State. All right. Uh, you want to give a score? Yeah. How many points do you think they'll win by? Oh, uh, let's say somewhere in the 48, 34 range. Okay. 48, 34. All right. I listen, I, I'm not sure Arizona's going to win this game. I'm hesitant to pick them, but I, I think this game is going to be really tight throughout. I think it's going to be high scoring. I think the key for Arizona run the ball, control the time of possession, keep Mississippi state off the field. I don't think that's going to happen enough. Mississippi state 34, Arizona 30. Love the cover. Give me the points all day. I'll take those 10. I just, I'm not ready to call the upset here. It's going to be exciting. This is probably the most anticipated Arizona football game in, I don't know how long, Shane, but I'm really excited. It's going to be great. We'll be back next week uh, with more analysis. It's so much fun to do these shows. Uh, thank you, Barrett Baker, for coming on. Great to, great to hear from him. Great analysis. For Shane Dale, I'm Eric Cohen. It's always great to be a Wildcat, but right now, it's time to bear down. Have a great week. <laughs>